Chair, staff is ready when you are. everybody um, and welcome to the June 6, 2022 Sacramento Youth Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Erickson? Just one moment. Let me see if I can unmute everyone. Present. Thank you so much. Commissioner Francis? I do not see Commissioner Francis. Commissioner Galvez? Commissioner Francis is present. Is present. Thank you, Chris. Commissioner Galvez? I do see. Commissioner Galvez, yeah, I think we're having issues with their sound. With their I'm unmuting, yeah. I'm not allowed to unmute unless the host, like, basically manually unmutes me, basically. But okay. if we're all on mute at the same time, we're going to have a bigger ear moment. Like, it's going to be a lot of audio flip. I don't know how to say it, but it's going to be a mess. Thank you, Commissioner. I will check the settings one more time just to make sure everyone can unmute and mute themselves. Yeah, Commissioner, of course. Commissioner Medina? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Morley? I do she I do see that she is online. Commissioner Morley. Present. Sorry, it would not let me unmute myself. It says that the host has to. Okay, I will see if I can get that fixed on my side. Thank you. Commissioner Nazir? Commissioner Nazir is present. She's not able to unmute herself. Thank you, Chris. Commissioner Abolo? She's I also present. She... she can't unmute herself. <laughs> I'm here. Thank you so much. Commissioner White? I do not see them online. Vice Chair Sue? Present. Thank you. And Chair Hong? I know she's here as well. Okay, and I can see her. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you so much. Um, this meeting is virtual via Zoom. For meetings of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. 
Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click on the raised hand on the bottom screen. Um, in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. If you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Kutwin Wintun people, and the people of the Wilton Ranchura, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today, together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The next item is public comments matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no members of the public with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so then we'll be moving on. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this consent item? Thanks, Chair. I have no members of the public with their hands raised. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Okay. Um, is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Would anybody like to motion and second for the consent calendar? You can just raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Um, I have a motion. Oh. Um, could you keep your hands raised, please? Thank you. Um, I have a motion by Commissioner Obolu and a second by Commissioner Erickson. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. I have checked the settings as well, um, so it could be an IT issue, but I will keep um, trying for my side as well. I see that some of you guys are still on mute, so I will keep working at it, but from the settings, it looks like everyone can be unmuted and muted when they desire. Um, commissioners, you. yes, of course. Commissioners, can you please unmute and turn on your video for a roll call vote? Commissioner Erickson? Commissioner Erickson has her hand up. Thank you, I appreciate that. Commissioner Francis? Commissioner Francis has his hand up. Commissioner Galvez? Thank you. Commissioner Medina? Um, 
I do see Commissioner a hand Commissioner Medina has her hand up. Thank you. Commissioner Morley? I don't see a hand for Commissioner Morley. Commissioner Morley? Okay, absent. Commissioner Nazir? I see a hand up, thank you. Commissioner Obolo? Thank you. Commissioner White? I believe Commissioner White is absent. Okay, thank you. And I do see a hand raised from Commissioner Morley. Thank you. Vice Chair Sue? Aye. Thank you so much. And Chair Hong? Aye. Thank you so much. Motion passes. Thank you. We will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item two is the citywide youth development brief, oral reports. Is there a staff presentation? I don't think, Alexis, that our presenters are able to unmute themselves. Thank you, Chris. I just unmuted Lindy Lane. Thank you, Alexis. Absolutely. Good evening, everyone, youth commissioners. My name is Lindy Lane, the city's youth development policy manager, and I'm, I'm excited to be here tonight to kick off this annual youth brief brought to you by the big three. First slide, please. So as the city's uh, first youth development policy manager, my primary role is to build stronger bridges across the city's work that impacts young people and to oversee implementation of our citywide youth development plan and framework, also known as the youth plan that you see there before you. With a vision that all Sacramento children and youth are valued and reach their fullest potential, the youth plan guides the city in the design, operations, and evaluation of its children and youth program investments. And it outlines goals from cradle to career, as well as a framework for integrating youth program quality at scale through common evidence-informed practices. Our framework summarizes over a half century of research that shows only high-quality programs improve youth development outcomes. The youth plan does not simply call for more investments, it equally calls for continuously increasing the quality of those investments. So clearly the youth plan implementation is a very big job, which takes place gradually and involves many people and programs. It is a highly collaborative process. Big three members play key roles supporting all efforts in this space. Next slide, please. So shortly after I was hired, I convened the big three as an advisory work group to support integration of the youth plan citywide. And since January of 2019, we have grown. Um, we meet monthly to share best practices, reduce duplication and leverage resources. The big three now consists of division leaders and mid-level managers from the city manager's office, office of youth development, fire department, diversity, outreach and recruitment, Police Department, Community Advancement Division, 
Public Library, Youth Services and Early Learning and Development, and the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Department's Youth Division. Integration of the Youth Plan is the group's North Star, including working with me to inform and pilot implementation strategies. We believe that the work we are doing collaboratively is laying the necessary foundation to make the Youth Plan vision a reality. While big three members are not responsible for manage all, managing all of the city's youth program investments, we do manage the vast majority. So this presentation provides a solid high level snapshot of how citywide youth development programs are performing while highlighting the power of intentional collaboration. Next slide, please. So tonight you will hear from all big three member representatives and I'm up first to share highlights from my office. So this slide here highlights youth plan milestones beginning with the adoption of the plan and my, um, my onboarding in fiscal year 2019 up to the recent creation of the Office of Youth Development and our goals this year. So the Office of Youth Development is distinct from the Gipsy Youth Division in that the office develops policy, manages city funded youth development program grants and operates at the citywide systems level to advance the youth plan, while the youth division manages city operated youth development and recreation based programs and primarily operates at the department wide systems level. And the yellow you can see that I've recently onboarded 14 members since January of this year and we're currently designing um, a competitive solicitation process. Um, for the approved mid-year fiscal 22 stabilization fund, which we will be releasing this summer. Um, what this fund includes is operating support and capacity building opportunities uh, for youth serving organizations in Sacramento. In mid 2021, I became the project lead for the unprecedented $6 million mid-year Measure U youth allocation, which includes the $4 million Sacramento Youth Development Plan Fund grant program, which my new team is now managing. Next slide, please. While a one-time funding source, the SYDP fund is structured as a two-year grant program through community input, a funding framework was developed that prioritized investments in the areas of mental wellness, workforce development, academic support, and violence intervention. And through the solicitation process last summer, the grant panel selected 16 agencies for awards, three of which had not begun programming in time to be included in this report. The data reported here reflects year one mid-year progress of grantees from July through December 2021. Almost all of our grantee partners reported that the pandemic and COVID restrictions impacted their efforts to serve more youth. Several events and field opportunities were also postponed or rescheduled, but despite these challenges, grantees were able to provide support with academics, mental health, social emotional needs, case management, and workforce opportunities. Across the mid-year reporting term, grantee partners provided over 70,000 program hours to more than 2,800 vulnerable youth across the city. As indicated here, program services were provided to a very diverse group of youth across race, ethnicity, age, gender, and life experiences. And preliminary participant surveys responses were generally positive with regards to program experience. Next slide, please. 
So pro-youth and family serves as the lead agency that the city works with um, to administer our SAC Youth Works program. This uh, past summer, the program provided more than 8,700 hours of paid work-based learning programming, including coaching and mentoring to a diverse group of 219 vulnerable youth and young adults ages 14 to 19 through a citywide network of 14 neighborhood-based, community-based organization partners. PRO provided partners with technical assistance and capacity building opportunities to strengthen their service delivery. The SAC Youth Works Summer 20, 2022, so this summer's RFP, is set to be released tomorrow. The Center at Sierra Health Foundation serves as uh, the lead agency that works with the city for our youth pop-up program. This past cycle, more than 3,000 first-time youth participated in more than 240 pop-up events citywide managed by a network of 24 CBO partners, CBO community-based organization partners. Pop-up activities consisted of social activities, arts and crafts, and educational lessons and trainings, including fitness and sports, community outreach, job development, mental health supports, and backpack giveaways. As you can see, our grantee partners are doing amazing work and have shown a tremendous amount of creativity to ensure that our young people are getting their needs met and bounce back even stronger from the challenges brought by the pandemic. It's an honor for my office to support the work of our community partners and equally inspiring to work alongside my colleagues that you're about to hear from. With that, I will pass the mic to our next big three colleague, Sergeant Jared Kaiser with the Sacramento Police Department's Community Advancement Division. Thank you, Lindy. Uh, so yes, I'm Jared Kaiser. I'm the Youth Services Sergeant for the Sacramento Police Department. And the Sacramento Police Department has a robust amount of youth programs that positively impact a diverse section, cross-section of Sacramento youth. And I'm gonna highlight six of those programs that I, I work with. So the first one you can see on your screen is the Criminal Justice Magnet Academy. So those are basically a, a school within a school at five of our local high schools, Hiram Johnson, McClatchy, Grant, Kennedy, and Intercombe. So in that program, there's an officer who's the teacher and mentor in each of the classroom and helps to provide life skills, work experience, leadership opportunities, and college mentoring to our 534 students. Um, while we hope that they follow the career path into criminal justice and with the Sacramento Police Department, our main goal is just giving them all the tools, resources, and support they need to grow up to be great human beings that I know that they can be. Um, we participate in a number of competitions like our CSI SAC competition, uh, Honor Guard, the All Academy Challenge, Quiz Bowl, and Law Ball, which is kind of a, a prom for our academies where all the students get to come together. One of the things I enjoy the most about it is our scholarship program. So in April, we were able to interview our seniors and award $24,000 scholarships to our graduating seniors. Uh, the quality of the seniors really humbled me from their high GPAs, their community service, and just the resiliency they show through all of their challenges. Uh, one student I want to highlight is Jennifer, who just graduated from Grant on Friday. She had a 4.2 GPA, had over 160 hours of volunteer community service, uh, all while having big responsibility of caring for her younger siblings and helping with her family business. Uh, she desires to grow up to become an attorney and I'm happy to see her on her journey. 
Another thing I'm very proud of is for the past three years, the Magnet Academies at those five high schools have had a 100% graduation rate amongst our seniors. The second program is the cadet program. Uh, it's structured very much the same with uh, several meetings a month, but this is designed for all students uh, 14 to 20 years old from the Sacramento area. So that in case you don't go to one of those five high schools, you still have that same exposure to learn and, and uh, be a part of the department. If we can go to the next slide. So here I'm going to talk about the Sacramento Police Activities League or SACPOW. It's a program that instills positive citizenship through quality education, recreation, and civic programs. Officers coach and mentor to foster positive relationships. Activities for SACPOW include fishing, ski and snowboarding, boxing, mountain biking, and a leadership club. Uh, despite the pandemic, SACPOW was able to safely continue with boys and girls rugby programs. That's the, one of the programs that uh, we've had the most success with and most proud of. The girls teams have been particularly successful. Last month, both the middle school and high school girls won the rugby national championships in Nebraska. Uh, several of the girls that have been a part of our program uh, participated in the Olympics this last year and the Olympics before. And this year alone, five of our girls received college rugby scholarships. Um, the next program is our youth diversion program that's called Shock, And in partnership with the Sacramento Sheriff's Office, uh, we administer a youth diversion program called Shock. I know that may sound bad, but what it stands for is self-discipline, honor, optimism, character, and knowledge. And this program focuses focuses on youth that are likely to enter the criminal justice system through their behavior and actions. It requires parental participation, providing them resources and counseling. And the next class we're gonna have will begin in September. Uh, next slide. And then we have one of the funnest things we do, which is the Cops and Kids Summer Camp. It's a camp designed for students that are eight to 14 years old. Um, last year, due to COVID restrictions, the number was down to 140 participants, but in a typical year, and what we're going to have in the next couple weeks is around 250 students from the Sacramento area that get to participate. And on top of that, we have junior counselors. So if they're older than 14 and can no longer be a camper, they get to be a counselor and help lead the participants. The last program I'm going to talk about is our uh, school resource program in the Natomas Unified School District. The school resource officers are housed out of Natomas Intercombe High School and Leroy Green Middle School, and they serve 14 schools and over 11,000 students as role models and mentors. And now I'd like to introduce Christy Ham, the Youth Services Manager with the Sacramento Public Library. Thank you, Jared. Um Okay, so I'm here. The Sacramento Public Library has been part of the big three for several years. And even though we are not a city department, like some of the other colleagues that are speaking today, the library does do a bunch of things for youth. And I'm going to highlight a few of the programs that um, are most notable. So again, we serve youth across Sacramento County. So we have 251,000 youth that are library card holders. You're our taxpayers and our members of our community and, and take advantage of the resources that the library has. Um, 
quite a few youth attend programs at the libraries. Um, so 25,000 in fiscal year 21-22. And I'm gonna highlight a few of the things that we do on a regular basis. So Summer Reading Challenge, Summer is here now, and this is something libraries do annually. Summer Reading Challenge uh, helps kids read when school is out, it's actually open for all ages. We think a reading community is one where people of all ages are reading for fun. And so last year, over 3,000 youth read five or more books, and that's the number that is really seen to address the summer learning loss. So I want to make sure all of you know you can sign up for summer reading right now at saclibrary.org summer, track your reading, and earn prizes just for um, reading anything and doing activities as well. Um, lunch at the library during summers especially, Families sometimes lose access to the healthy meals that are provided in schools. And so libraries have really taken up the call. And so we serve uh, summer meals at our library locations. We're starting next week at 13 libraries across the county. Um, in addition to lunch at the library, you know, serving families, this is also a youth development program. We have uh, stipended youth-based work opportunities in our locations to help make those lunch uh, programs run and also provide activities and uh, so the, those opportunities are now so if anyone's looking for some summer employment we have some slots open uh, in addition book first is a program that we do for first graders uh, first graders are just learning to read and so it's really important when you're practicing that skill to have the tools that you need it's a school it's a skill and you have to practice so what we provide free books for first graders in the, the neediest schools across the county. And so last year we, we distributed 8,500 books to keep for first graders in 60 different city schools. Next slide, please. In addition though, the library does a lot of things for youth. We do keep youth development as the forefront. So both the teens-based programs that we offer, the volunteer opportunities, we provide homework zone, ways for youth to develop their skills. But we just completed a two-year program really trying to incorporate youth voice. And this specific program involved community conversations with youth where we asked people for their feedback about how, what their needs have been and really highlight some of the needs that, that these special times have really been challenging. And so it's really been important to hear from youth where, where there are needs, where we can help support and where people can be feel seen and heard and make a difference. Um, in addition, the Youth Voice Project provided 65 different internships where youth came together in virtual meetings where we focused on social emotional learning and leadership development, talked about things like growth mindset, communication skills. Um, it gave people of some paid experience and connected them with mentors and as well as learning how to uh, engage online in a safe way. Um, and so that's something that, that is, uh, the library will be continuing in the future. Next slide, please. <clears throat> and the Sacramento Public Library takes uh, our mission to serve our community's youngest learners really strongly. So the library serves everyone and our mission is to make sure that all kids can enter school ready to learn and to empower caregivers and parents as their child's first and best teachers. So our early learning programming is open to everyone. There's no fee, there's no registration, and we serve families long before they may ever be served by schools or other organizations. Uh, during COVID times, we did virtual programming, story times in English and Spanish to meet the needs of our youngest learners. We're doing Instagram story times for babies, uh, but also now we are back into the real world. So doing outdoor story times and explore and learn programs, uh, which is child-directed kind of play-based programs to help strengthen families and make those connections that really suffered during COVID times. So there's highlighting a few of those things and they, a lot of these happen in city locations like parks um, so we're really excited about that next slide 
Um, as part of the big three, we really have made some good partnerships with city agencies that have really made a difference. So like I said, the early learning things in city parks, we did lots of things to help uh, our activities to support the city child care centers, we provide literacy activities, we work with the aquatics department and make sure that we provide pool passes for kids that read five or more books during the summer. Um, and we help city agencies with their own recruiting. Now, I want to share one brief thing that I think the best way to understand the impact of the work of programs like this is to hear from some of the youth themselves. So I'm going to play a brief audio clip of a couple of our library interns. One of the things I would say I like about the Summer Youth Library Leadership Program is the open atmosphere that was there every day of the program. You could come there and be able to give your ideas and learn without any sort of judgment. And the program was designed for everyone. You didn't have to have any previous experience or anything, which was one of the greatest things about the program. It was really interactive. I got my valuable experience from all these activities that we did in order to build our interpersonal skills and uh, be able to collaborate in general. What I thought was valuable about the SYLLP program was it taught you how to speak up and become a leader. And for me, that was really great because I don't usually get to lead. And it was a great opportunity for me to lead things. That's just a little taste of some of the impact of some of the youth that participated in the activities that the libraries offered. Before I end, I want to make sure I introduce invite everybody to something called Adult 101. We have a six-week program meant for uh, young adults 16 to 24. We're partnering with a bunch of different places like uh, the Health Education Council, Safe Credit Union, uh, SETA, Sacramento Works, and more to help folks connect them with community providers that are doing great things for youth. So thank you for letting me speak tonight. I'd like to pass it now to Monica Blanco, the Youth Division Manager with the Department of Youth Parks and Community Management. Thank you, Christy, for highlighting our strong partnership along with some of our programs and services. Good evening, Chair and Vice Chair. Data from 32 youth programs across the department was collected from programs focusing on youth workforce development, civic engagement, child care, after school programs and summer camps offered in community centers, parks and ACES school sites, youth sports, aquatics, access leisure, and Camp Sacramento. The data presented focuses on unduplicated enrollment numbers. Therefore, tonight does not include information from drop-in programs such as Hotspots, 28th and B Skate and Urban Art Park, Lap Swim, and users of sports fields. Please refer to the staff report for the detailed information. Data collection is challenging as many programs are required to, direct, to track various levels of information. We are continuously analyzing our data collection strategies and working to standardize reported information to strengthen data-informed decisions around young people. Next slide, please. Data collected was from the reporting period of July 1, 2021 through the end of March and was broken down into two different categories, youth 12 and under and youth 13 and over. You can see from the graph that we have served a diverse group of over 4,900 young people, 12 and under since July 1. Young people from across the city have spent over 2.6 million hours engaged in YPSI programming that focuses on social emotional learning, STEAM enrichment, 
leadership, physical wellness, and creative play. You might be wondering how those program hours are so high. Our program operations include uh, large and complex programs. For example, our fourth R licensed childcare program operates in three different school districts and on 19 total elementary school campuses. Next slide, please. Most programs in youth workforce development and civic engagement, such as landscape and learning and summer at City Hall, also the Sacramento Youth Commission, um, fall under this category, youth 13 and over. Here you see we have served another diverse group of 1,760 young people who spent over 361,000 program hours gaining skills in leadership, work-based learning, community service, community connection and navigation, along with building healthy relationships and peers with peers and adult allies. Next slide, please. And to provide you with um, a little bit of youth development news, so we're gonna talk a bit about YDI, which is listed here on the screen. What is it? Uh, YDI is an intensive four-day training that is grounded in the principles of the citywide youth development plan that you saw um, with Lindy's piece of the presentation is led by a group of, uh, it's led by a facilitation team of internal staff and focuses on the five supports and opportunities, which are safety, relationship building, youth engagement, community involvement, and skill building. We have moved from offering three days of YDI to expanding to four total days of training offered three times annually. In August, 2021, YDI resumed to in-person training to small cohorts. Since then, we have graduated 60 youth practitioners comprised of staff from YPSI, the fire department, the Office of Youth Development, and young leaders from the, fire, the Youth Firefighter Academy and Summer at City Hall programs. This August, in August of 2022, we are increasing our enrollment to full capacity of 40 participants. And to support our CBO partners, we are reserving 15 slots per cohort for CBO teams. We're partnering with the Office of Youth Development to identify grantees for these slots. We've increased capacity to deliver two additional youth development networking and professional development opportunities annually for YDI alumni. Our big three goal is that all city run and city funded youth programs will have staff trained on the youth development framework, speak a common language and operate with common standards. And along with youth development goes, uh, along with youth development goes program quality, which Lindy also talked about at the beginning of the presentation. So in terms of program quality, we need to look at assessments. That's PQA, program quality assessments. Research reveals that only high quality youth programs produce positive youth development outcomes. We're committed to ensuring that our programs are high quality. In fiscal year 21, working with the Youth Development Network and the Weikart Center for Youth Program Quality, we trained approximately 100 YPSI leadership level staff, along with a few from SAC Fire on PQA, and learned about program quality standards, assessment, and action planning for continuous quality improvement. In fiscal year 22, we are focusing on institutionalizing these practices that include participant assessments, program observations, and action planning. In addition, administrative monitoring and data collection 
has been transferred internally and we no longer pay an outside contractor for these services. Lastly, we have served as a support system and mentor to SAC Fire as they begin their continuous quality improvement journey for their youth programs. Our goal is that all youth programs will undergo PQA and develop action plans that strengthen youth experiences. I'd now like to introduce Assistant Chief Kim Iannucci with SAC Fire. Thank you, Monica. Um, and thank you, Youth Commissioners, for um, hearing us today. I'm Kim Iannucci, Assistant Chief SAC Fire, and I oversee our Diversity Outreach and Recruitment Division. Um, we have a pretty um, well-expanded youth program, but I want to point out that Sacramento Fire Department is a young player in youth programming. Through the, our partnership with the Big Three, it, uh, we, it's been critical for um, us in the Diversity Outreach and Recruitment Division to create youth programs successfully. Through the shared knowledge and resources, we've incorporated quality youth program principles from the very start. We have the benefit of, from YPSI's YDI training by sending a cohort of youth leadership and staff to each training opportunity. <clears throat> this has allowed us to incorporate YDI principles, including the five supports and opportunities into our youth programs. In alignment with the Office of Youth Development's action plan centered around equity and youth development goals, we're providing citywide consistency through contracting with Youth Development Network for program quality assessment training and, assess and assessments in our youth programs. Staff from OYD and YPSI were able to attend the training as well. Thanks to the generous funding by Measure U, we are priming a future workforce that is homegrown by Measure U. Next slide. Um, in addition to the YDI principles in the citywide youth development plan, DOOR staff incorporates the city's race and gender equity action plan outcomes to guide our program development. Outcome number two, outreach for youth education states, Sacramento youth of color and young women have a basic knowledge of careers in government service and receive opportunities for preparing for those careers. We partner with local Title I high schools to recruit cadets for our Firefighter Youth Academy. Valley High, Hiram Johnson, Intercom, and Health Professions High School are our main um, supporters of this program. Additionally, we have seniors who can apply for the Workforce Innovative Opportunity Act with YPSI to get paid uh, work experience while coming through our program. This is a nine month long program held on Saturdays and it focuses on academic achievement, community service and self-discipline. Cadets receive life skills, including fiscal responsibility, making good impressions. They get CPR training and receive a CPR training card. They learn public safety and prevention education and leadership opportunities in academy type setting that introduces to students to fire service careers. Each student receives a $25 stipend per session, and if they attend all sessions, they can get up to $750. We also feed them a hot meal every Saturday. In addition to the, the Weekend Youth Academy, we are also partnered with career women from regional fire service agencies throughout the area to host the Sacramento Area Girls Fire Camp. This is a weekend camp, two days, that combines affinity for the fire service with social emotional learning for high school age girls. The goal is to foster self-confidence, perseverance, and a sense of community for academic, social, and career success. 
one of the one of the girls that attended stated it was a privilege being able to work with so many amazing women in firefighting and i love being able to learn from their them all our programs are aimed at generating in interest and in seeing the fire service as a career possibility especially those youth who may not have seen those possibilities in the past next slide We are also partnered with two local high school career technical education programs that are fire focused. There's great potential here for us to engage with these two programs. We're developing our footprint so that it mirrors Sacramento Police Department's highly successful magnet academies. Currently, DOOR staff provides monthly support as needed and schedules on-duty fire crews to train with the students. The two high schools that we're partnered with are Valley High School Fire and Emergency Services and Intercom Intercom High School's Public Safety Academy. Next slide. <coughs> um, last of all, to ensure that we're promoting a cradle to career opportunity, it's important that we have a pathway for our youth to step into once they graduate high school. To accomplish this, we incorporated our, our Jeep, the Race and Gender Equity Action Plan outcome number three for outreach pipeline opportunities, which aims to achieve a citywide pipeline framework that removes barriers to access to career pathways for people of color and women to move from <coughs> high school to college to entry-level positions with the city of Sacramento. The Sacramento Fire Department Reserve Program provides support, career guidance, community service, and Firefighter One training and certification to prepare our local community members to become a successful firefighter candidate when they turn 21. 47% of our current reserves are age 18 to 24. This number will grow as we have more time in our youth programs and recruit directly from them. One of the things that I feel it's really important to highlight is that Big Three has created a template that can be shared with other city departments interested in developing their future workforce through youth programs. Our partnerships allow us to support each other and provide continuity in our city of Sacramento controlled youth programs as we share how we incorporate citywide initiatives like citywide youth development plan, program quality assurance, and RG. This is imperative for making our citywide youth programs long-term and sustainable to serve our youth, our local youth, and create opportunities for their future. I'm now going to turn it back over to Lindy Lane, the youth policy development, the youth development policy manager. Thank you so much, Kim. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring us home. So um, across 2020 and 2021, big three members focused on addressing emergent needs of youth in response to the global pandemic, which resulted in several highly successful responsively designed program investments, such as SAC Youth Works, which I reported on earlier. As our communities recover, stability is top priority, not just for our youth and their families, but also within the systems that serve them. The big three has and remains focused on informing strategies that strengthen infrastructure and support the design of a sustainable integrated system of continuous quality improvement to enable and support high quality data informed strategic youth investments. Beyond that, the youth plan is citywide in scope with the mission that all partners and stakeholders adopt it as a common youth development framework to meet its intended citywide reach the city must continue taking consistent steps to institutionalize key strategies intended to increase capacity and sustainability even beyond the current staff and administration. 
As evidenced by this uh, presentation, the city's youth development team and grantee partners are on the front lines, doing amazing work, providing a variety of fundamental and innovative youth programs, both individually and collectively. However, in the aftermath of COVID-19 and increased gun violence in our city, youth needs and priorities will continue to increase. So it's especially critical to remain vigilant and to continuously analyze and implement transparent citywide processes for identifying, administering, delivering, and evaluating children and youth investments. We appreciate the opportunity to share a high-level snapshot of our efforts, and we thank you in advance for your continued support um, within this transformative work. That concludes our presentation. Thank you very much for your time. We can take questions or comments. Thank you so much. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who would like to comment on this agenda item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Um, are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner Galvez. Oh, great. I can unmute myself. Um, uh, I had a question uh, right before we got to the police section. First off, thank you guys so much for coming to to us and giving us all of this information. It's great to see the programs that we have going on in the city. It's very youth focused. Um, the, to the slide before we got to the police section, you guys were mentioning that the you guys had worked with youth ages 14 to 19, is that correct? If I'm re remembering age ranges correctly. And um, if that is, yeah, I think it was mentioned here 14 to 19, what were the participants? So that was for the SAC Youth Works program. Got mm -hmm. it. So was that like a strict age range or is there a possibility that the age range will include, you know, the upper range of youth up to 24? So the idea with SAC Youth Works is that it is kind of that foundational experience for young people, right? Um, and it, so it's exposure um, to kind of the youth workforce world. It's providing like your foundational work readiness type of training. Um, it's a 40 hour program, so it's not really high, not high touch in, in, in the sense of like a traditional youth workforce program. So the idea is to target a bit of a, of a younger age range, right? Still high school age, but not necessarily um, older youth, right? That are in the market to find a job right now. So that is the intention with SAC Youth Works. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that down the road, as we kind of expand the program, that we wouldn't explore maybe making it a little bit more higher touch, right? So more than forty hours, um, and looking at expanding it to an older, you know, kind of, um, I would say probably a different path, right? Because the programming would need to look slightly different. It would need to be age appropriate. Right, so looking at expanding it to an older age range is not something that's off the table. It's a great question. All right, because I do, I do think that we could do that for the upper range of youth, maybe mm -hmm. modify it for the age requirements, but also there's a lot of youth in my age range that haven't had even the, the basic experience of job searching, of job preparation. You know, it's been very hectic and life is very different for everybody. So. It can mm -hmm. feel it can feel off to be a 21 or a 25 year old person and having no experience or expectations of you know youth youth workforce. So sure. I just sure. wanted to check that in. And Thank for you. yeah, I think um, for the second part, it was during the the police. Yes, during this part. Um, 
just a general question. Usually when it comes to police recruitment or any type of recruitment, when it comes to military police or those type of enforcement jobs, from what I've seen in the research, it's usually very aggressive recruitment methods and it, it usually targets colored and underprivileged youth. So I just want to see like if there's any structures in place to offset some, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's usually, it's, it's a high market for colored and underprivileged youth who usually take on these jobs that eventually put their lives at risk for the most part. So I appreciate all of the hard work done. It's great to see all the achievements done by the youth, but looking at the bigger perspective, it, it can be a bit concerning. And I just wanted to see if there were any thoughts to that. So I, I, I apologize if I'm misinterpreting your, your question. So you're you're saying because these numbers are high you're worried that they're you're we're targeting recruiting no. no not that you guys are like looking for specific youth of color no it's usually when i've seen the research it's usually talking about how youth or um, people of color are usually really in the are usually the ones recruited because of the underprivileged circumstances that they're in so if they weren't in the, an underprivileged circumstance, they wouldn't have gone through with the recruitment or with the hiring. So I was just wondering if there's any, you know, thoughts on that. It's not that you guys are targeting these specifically because they are colored or because they're youth, but it's usually when you're underprivileged and you go into a police force or the military, it's because you don't think yourself capable of other traditional routes of employment. If I can under, if I can kind of clarify that I, th I think that might uh apply more to the uh, military than it would with law enforcement or or police and fire but if you're looking at the the stats there for the criminal justice magnet academy so yeah those are for the the grants that the programs and the schools receive to have these programs in their school they are um, designed to have at least 50% at risk uh, of their, their students. And so that, you know, there's a lot of criteria that goes into what the state determines to be at risk, but that does, um, you know, especially neighborhood by neighborhood, you know, Grant's neighborhood is different than some of the other high schools. So you do see different numbers at, at different high schools, but our, the goal of like the criminal justice magnet Academy, like I said, is, is to give you life experience. You know, you're you're cohorted with your other classmates. You get uh, a sense of structure, not in that military standpoint, but you have the same math teacher for all four years. You have the same science teacher. You have the same officer in the classroom, the same law teacher, so that you walk out. Because unfortunately, a lot of our students don't have that structure and support at home. And so what the academy gives them is that that love and support of people that truly care about them and so do I want them all to come work for me yes I do you know but I know that that's not reality I just want them to leave with the, the best education possible and if they come we've got a whole lot of jobs in the police department you know you can be an officer you can be a mechanic you can be a accountant there's a million jobs within the Sacramento Police Department that that everybody from my academies are, are welcome to come to. All right, thank you. I think I can add just something from my perspective as the youth development policy manager, right? So I think, you know, Conditional Galvez, there is a space for both. There's a space for 
you know, trades and certification programs and those sort of things for all of our young people, including our vulnerable young people, right? And then there's also this space for college, right? And space for the careers that require that sort of degree. And I think the schools for a very long time now have been focusing mostly on college, right? And there has been this lack of focus on the work-based learning or workforce development. Hence your earlier comment about folks your age not even being exposed to some of these things, right? I think it's a whole different thing to talk about maybe predatory type of recruitment, you know, and um, from what Jared just explains, I, I don't think that's what's happening. And I would say Jared and the police department's involvement on the big three actually works to mitigate some of that if it were to happen by virtue of being a part of the big three and be part of this citywide youth development plan that is very youth oriented, youth focused, all about principles and practices for engaging young people, making sure their voices are heard and all of those things, right? So I would just add that to your to your question. I really appreciate the context and the nuance that you guys bring in. Thank you. No problem. Are there any other hey. questions? Um, are there any other commissioners who would like to comment on this item? Okay, well, um, I for one would like to thank you guys so much for coming here and giving us an amazing presentation. It was very thorough and I really appreciated all the information that you guys were able to share with us. Um, I think uh, as the Youth Commission, we really appreciate um, how much you guys were able to set things forward to us and, and give us information in a very um, organized fashion so that we were able to understand the true scope of all the projects and um, programs that are occurring in Sacramento for youth specifically um, that are aimed at helping expand opportunities for youth. So we would all like to thank you so much for coming here. Our pleasure. Thank you. Um, if we have no more comments, um, I would like to move on to uh, the next item, which is item three, uh, Aggie Square Youth Engagement Meeting Oral Report. Is there a staff presentation for this? Yes, good evening, Commission. Um, I will be introducing the Aggie Square Project. Uh, you all may remember back in March, the Aggie Square Development Team came to the Commission and asked that the Commission support the Aggie Square Development in helping to get youth engaged in the opportunity to provide some feedback on what um, Sacramento youth would like to see come out of the project. Um, and with that discussion, there was an ad hoc form, then we had uh, four commissioners joined the ad hoc and worked with the Aggie Square development team to create an engagement opportunity where young people would be able to learn more about the Aggie Square project, um, the type of programs and services that they could uh, possibly see come out of the project, and just to get some engagement on what um, ideas or innovative uh, opportunities young people in Sacramento were thinking of um, in regards to the Aggie Square project. Um, that project took place on May 11th, and we had Commissioner uh, Francis, Commissioner White, 
uh, former Commissioner Lemos and uh, Vice Chair Sue be part of that um, presentation. And so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Vice Chair Sue to talk more about the Aggie Square project. Uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, hi, all. So I guess I'm just going to give you kind of like an overview of what the Aggie Square project is. Um, it's a development um, near where we presented at Language Academy. Um, it's an extension of the current um, UC Davis um, Medical Center in Sacramento. It's going to be featuring a whole bunch of different buildings. It's kind of like um, almost like a multi-use area. It's going to have like educational um, opportunities for people who are going to UC Davis. It's going to have um, innovation opportunities for like new startups and stuff like that. And they're also going to be um, community areas as well as um, different areas for people who aren't a part of either the education or like the business um, to use um, as like a an area to like enrich their like engagement with the community. Um, a big part of what Aggie Square is aiming to do is to reduce the carbon footprint. So a lot of these community areas are going to have like eco-friendly modes of transportation, like ride shares, um, bikes and stuff like that so that people can get around the area and get around Aggie Square in an eco-friendly way. Um, and along with the large Aggie Square um, like investment that the city and Wexford and UC Davis are making, um, some of the money is going into improvements um, on like Stockton and stuff like that. And then other um, like yearly investments into youth programs and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, okay, thank you so much for that update. Um, I believe we also have a member of the Aggie Square development team here today to speak with us. Hi, um, my name is Leslie Fritchie. I work for the city of Sacramento, but I guess you could consider me part of the Aggie Square development team. It's one of the uh, projects that I am working on. And I am joined, though they're not here today, joined in spirit with a tremendous amount of thanks uh, for uh, the commissioners that helped put on uh, the event on May the 11th. You guys just rocked it. You did a great job, so much so that uh, we think we should hire you as, a, as our in-house consulting team to, to run community meetings in the future because you did a great job and it was so well organized and we got some really good feedback. And the feedback was so good and the commissioners were so off the charts good that uh, we are exploring ways that we can uh, continue to make sure we have the Youth Commission involved moving forward because it's really important uh, to make sure the voices of youth are heard as we're uh, trying to tie this project, which is a physical project, but so much more, um, so, it how, how, so it can really uh, be really beneficial for the youth in the community. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, your involvement. I would say it was the best community meeting we've had so far. Uh, we tend to be bureaucrats and make everything dry and boring, and you certainly didn't do that. So I uh, am joined by Wexford Develop Science and Technology, the developer for the project, as well as uh, UC Davis to, to really thank you um, 
And also I wanted to do a shout out for uh, my colleagues, um, Shatara and Chris Wimberly, uh, who uh, helped uh, put this together as well. They were kind of the backup singers behind the curtain a little bit, but uh, it, it really was great. And I just wanted to take some time today to, to thank you and uh, look forward to working with you all in the future. Thank you so much. Um, Clerk, are there any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Um, are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Okay. Um, I just did want to say thank you so much. Um, for all of the feedback that we received. Um, I'm so happy to hear that um, this event was such a success. Um, and I would like to applaud all the youth commissioners who did participate in this. You guys did an amazing job. Okay, um, so this item is informational, so no vote is required. We will move on to the next item. The next item is item four, Sacramento Youth Commission Youth Mental Health Awareness Community Event 2022, which is an oral report. Um, is there a staff presentation? Hello again, commissioners. Um, so I'm gonna be introducing this item. Uh, on the 14th of May, the Sacramento Youth Commission um, hosted a youth mental health event. And I just want to take the time to thank some of the collaborative partners, um, the Sacramento LGBT Community Center, uh, Cypher Hip Hop for DJing, the SAC Team Mental Health Group, um, the National Alliance on Mental Health, and the SAC County uh, STARS Behavioral Health Group. Thank you all for um, helping us pull this event off. Um, and now I would like to open it up to Commissioner um, the commissioners who were involved, and I'll be specifically turning it over to Chair Hong. Thank you so much, Shatara. Um, so I would like to first start off by thanking all the commissioners so much for being able to help put this event together as well. Your guys' um, involvement in the event was part of the reason why it was such a success, and I am so glad that we were able to have a successful cult cult of culminating activity. Sorry. Um, would any other commissioners like to speak on their experience or um, anything else relating to this event? Yeah, Commissioner Erickson. Uh, yeah, so I was at the event. Um, and I thought it was a pretty good success. Like, it definitely seemed like when people were walking by, like, they didn't really know what was going on at first. But like, when they came around and like, looked at the booths and like, got a chance to like speak with us and speak with all our partners like it seemed like um they had like a favorable opinion of it like they seemed pretty interested doing like like trying to collect the various stamps for the passport type thing and then you know it's kind of like learning more about the Sacramento Youth Commission and then um like it was nice getting to it's always nice getting to like directly speak with the people we possibly represent and the people we have an effect on and I thought it was a really good way for the Sacramento Youth Commission to um, have more community outreach and get like, I guess, more exposure, you could say, and kind of like awareness about who we are and what our role is. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Commissioner Erickson. Is there anybody else who would like to comment? Okay. Um, well, I did want to say that this culminating activity uh, of which the Youth Commission focused on youth mental health um, was created and um, in part brought to light by our fellow commissioners because of the importance that we saw regarding um, the issues that are present regarding youth mental health and what and um, seeing that effect, especially during this pandemic and distance learning and all that has occurred, um, how we ourselves could help um, push youths and push this problem into a better light. Um, and because of that, we decided to come to an agreement to focus on one specific topic so that our youth commission could together, could working together be able to pull off an event that would be able to help us achieve some of our goals. Um, I think this was um, an absolute success. I totally agree with Commissioner Erickson about how um, there were some times when um, there were definitely people who didn't know when they first came exactly what was happening. There were also a couple issues with like the train that kind of blocked the entrance. Um, but through that all, we were able to have a bunch of um, participants come and enjoy all the different stations that were present so they could go ahead and ask questions. Um, also be part of the um, raffles that were present, as well as enjoy some of the music um, and have some free food along the way. Um, so yes, I would also like to thank um, all of the city staff that helped us put this together. This was an amazingly huge feat and I'm, thank and I'm so thankful for all of you guys' help. Okay, um, so we will be moving on to the next issue. Um, which is item five, ad hoc committee updates, um, which is also an oral report. Is there a staff presentation for this? Good evening, Commission. So at this time, we will be um, asking you all to provide updates on the um, uh, ad hoc. So we have our climate change ad hoc. Um, we also have our youth violence strategy ad hoc. Um, as well as the uh, Aggie Square, which you all have heard much about. Um, so if we could have um, commissioners, please provide updates to the following ad hocs. That would be awesome. Um, well, on behalf of the climate change ad hoc, um, as of now, we have not had the chance to meet again since we had our um, activity for the Earth Day events, but we will be scheduling that soon. And we have not uh, yet determined who is going to be the chair or vice chair of the Youth Violent Strategy ad hoc. Um, so I will provide update that um, we've had uh, some stipulations to hold us back on moving forward with this um, action planning with what to do with the youth uh, violence strategy ad hoc um, as we were waiting on some items to go to council first. And we did receive confirmation that June 14th that the um, 
they will be visiting the council and then from that they will be coming back to the Sacramento Youth Commission um, with some task items. Um, but I do want to say that we are asking that um, our Sacramento youth as well as our commission um, attend uh, that meeting or at least be part of watching the videos. Uh, the virtual um, videos that will be available after the June 14th meeting. And I believe that we already got an update from the Aggie Square ad hoc. So I believe we are good to go. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? All right. Um, so this item is informational, so no vote is required. We will move on to the next item, um, which is commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. Clerks, Clerk, will you please call on the commissioners? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, this is the time to share updates. Uh, commissioner Erickson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like winding down on school, basically, like, it's crazy to think that this is my last week of high school, like, yeah, I'm graduating next week, and uh, yeah, so it's a weird feeling, because I, a lot of my teachers, for some reason, are like, packing a bunch of like, projects on us at like, the last minute, even though we have, like, three days of high school left, so um, yeah, it's, it's not very fun. Like it doesn't feel like my last week for sure. Um, so I've just been pretty busy with that. And like um, this Friday is gonna be like the last sort of like big event of the school year. And it's like a showcase. So, you know, my dance team is preparing for that, but it's also been stressing me out because like they said they're gonna have it outside and it's gonna be like 107 on Friday. So I'm very worried about that. And I'm hoping they can change that and make it inside um yeah so i've just been pretty stressed recently but um it should be fine like after next week <laughs> thank you commissioner erickson commissioner francis yeah so uh, first of all congratulations to everybody who's uh graduated um so i got out of school on thursday uh, so I'm so I finished school on Thursday of last week and then caught COVID on Sunday and I've done nothing since. Thank you, Commissioner Francis. I hope you feel better. Commissioner Galvez. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm also winding down on school, which just means I have a lot of papers to actually finish. I have a six to seven page report to do that's due today. So I'm hoping this meeting is very efficient because I gotta go do that. Um, I hope everyone is celebrating their graduation. I hope everyone enjoys their summer and I hope you get better. Commissioner Francis, COVID is not a joke. I heard that numbers are spiking again. So be safe out there, mask up, you know, get your, get your shots or don't maybe, I guess, but that's your choice. Just stay safe. Um, I'm very proud of all of the work done. I'm very happy that we could have a business meeting today. And hopefully after this recess, 
we can continue having more meetings. I'm very proud of everyone. And yeah, congratulations. Have a restful summer. Stay safe, y'all. Thank you, Commissioner Galvez. Commissioner Medina. Hi, so I've just been really busy with a bunch of graduation stuff because my, my class graduated like three weeks ago and everyone's been having like graduation parties. And I did help volunteer for the League of Women's Voters to like encourage people to vote. So that's what I've been doing. And I also hope you get better, Commissioner Francis. Thank you, Commissioner Medina. Commissioner Morley. Um, so I'm still in school um, until about like next week we get out. So we've just been getting all these projects um, and we have a lot of like difficult finals. Um, and also I have two college classes I'm taking this summer. So that'll be exciting. Um, and also I'm part of this youth committee and we're planning an end of the year party. So we're all very excited that the whole team can get together and celebrate all the work we have done. Um, so yeah, I hope everyone has a really good summer and Commissioner Francis, I hope you get better because a lot of people, um, like Commissioner Galva said, a lot of people are getting infected with COVID and it's just really stressful. I can't imagine how you feel, but I know you'll be fine, but get better. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Morley. Commissioner Nazir. Um, so I graduated like two weeks ago and then I got sick. So I've been just sick uh, and they move out next month. So I'm pretty much like kind of done, but then they start all over again. Um, so that's pretty much it. Thank you, Commissioner Nazir. Commissioner Abobu, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, so let's see, um, I got out of school like a couple weeks ago, so it just, everything's been kind of slowing down, which is nice. Um, tomorrow I have a meeting with someone from the district because we're working on like, um, basically doing things to make our district like more equitable and stuff like that. And like some like summer projects like to work on, like that'll affect like the incoming class and stuff like that. So that's kind of exciting. Um, so I'm going to be working on that tomorrow. Um, and Commissioner Francis, I really hope you get better. Um, hear me out. On TikTok, I saw you can put like potatoes in your socks and it's supposed to help you get better. Just like, just hear me out if you want to try it. But, you know, other than that, hope you feel better. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner White is absent. Vice Chair Sue. Um, yeah, so my school hasn't gotten out yet. Um, this is the last week before finals. We have finals next week. Um, I've been working with a lot of ASB stuff. I got appointed as um, the vice president for my ASB. So I've been doing like tons of like appointed positions, interviews, um, making positions for like next year's um, ASB, which should be pretty exciting. Um, we're doing like murals for like um, campus beautification and stuff like that around West. Um, so we also have to like get like primer and like get people to like um, do that and stuff like that. So um, still pretty busy. Um, yeah, I yeah I have finals and I had my part of my French final today. It's crazy. It's like a three part like three hundred point final. Um, and then yeah, just hoping not to get COVID. I'm sorry, Abe. That that sucks. I'm glad that you're getting better though. Thank you, Vice Chair. Chair Hong. 
Um, first off, I would like to say congrats to all the new graduates and um, also congrats to the vice chair Sue on your appointment. Um, also, I have Commissioner Francis and Commissioner Zier that you guys will feel, bet will feel better soon. Um, for me personally, I have uh, finals. My last day of finals is tomorrow. Um, and yeah, I've kind of been working on that so far. Um, I did want to bring a question to all of you guys. Um, so because we finished that mental health culminating activity, I think we've kind of closed that chapter um, on that part of the Youth Commission. I was interested in asking you guys if um, there was any topics that you guys think the Youth Commission should focus on next, because I think it would be an amazing idea if we could um, take another topic, maybe brainstorm a bit over the summer, um, and then be able to take that forward so we can um, help more youths within our community. So you can just think about that for a bit. And um, I hope everybody has an amazing summer. Chair, are we adjourning the meeting? Oh, yes. Um, so if, and if no one has anything else, thank you so much, Clerk. This concludes today's agenda. And thank you, everyone, Chris for your participation. I'm so sorry, Chair Huang, but I saw Chris oh, yes. raise their hand. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you guys, I'm having some computer difficulty, so I'm on my phone, but I wanted to give an update to everybody since we're talking about graduation and we know we are seeing um, not as many faces on camera right now because we do have resignations that have taken place. We are working diligently with getting um, our council offices working on applications and reviewing applications to get some appointments taken care of. Um, before the end of this month so we are hoping to be back in full force um, at our first meeting in August which is August 1st when summer city hall presentations will be taking place um, but I want to encourage you guys as commission members um, I know some of you are going to be stepping away probably right after this meeting sad sad but I want to encourage you guys to talk to your peers encourage them to apply for the Sacramento Youth Commission Council members are still looking at applications along with the mayor's office. Um, they're trying to find the right fit for the commissioners that they want to appoint. Um, even if those seats say they're not accepting applications at this time, from I've been advised that if they still go on to, to apply a link, that they still will be able to do the application and get that submitted and forwarded over to the clerk's office because there is open recruitment taking place for those vacancies because almost every council district or mayoral seat has a vacancy. Some of them have two and some of them have one. So again, I really wanna thank all of you for the work that you guys have done as you've been part of the Sacramento Youth Commission um, this past school year. Um, and I look forward to um, seeing everybody back <clears throat> in August. We are looking at, we will be canceling our June 20th meeting. Um, we will get notification to um, get that posted but just because it's looking like we're wanting to make sure everybody gets that break and, and gets that time to wind down, um, but start brainstorming and thinking of what you guys want to look at them taking charge of and working towards, you know, next school year. So thanks everybody and have a wonderful summer. Thank you so much, Chris, for the update.
Um, if there are no more Youth Commission um, comments, I would like to I would like to thank everybody for your participation. And this meeting is adjourned at seven twenty four p.m. Have a great summer, guys. Thank you.